Hello everyone, welcome to Behind the Scenes in Health podcast. This podcast is a show where we are focused on finding out what happens behind the scenes in the healthcare industry. We focus on Nigeria, Africa and the diaspora. A lot of persons do not have an idea of the sheer grit and determination that goes on with building healthcare, starting from training in school to building healthcare businesses. My name is Ronald Kelechi, we are popularly known as Dr. Ron. I am a medical doctor with a postgraduate degree in clinical anatomy. I'm currently pursuing another in health informatics. I'm interested in healthcare technologies, innovation, informatics, and health content creation. By the side, I run MRI Medic, a company focused on helping healthcare companies tell their brand stories. Join me on the show as I interview and have chats with experts across the healthcare space including players in health technology, seasoned clinicians, finance experts, and healthcare professionals who have veered off the practice. It is my hope that with this podcast, we will shed light on some of these gray areas and hopefully inspire the next generation of healthcare professionals, one conversation at a time. On today's episode, I have with me on the show in the studio here, Dr. Uche, who is a physician scientist in the United States, and she's going to be sharing her journey with us, how she got where she is, what kind of certification she did, and what it looks like for persons who are looking to transition into becoming physician scientists. Yeah, so sit back and enjoy the episode. If you're watching, welcome back to the channel. Like, uh... I usually say my name is Dr. Ron and I talk about everything healthcare. And today we have uh, Dr. Uche with us and uh, she's a physician scientist, right? Am I right? Yes, you're okay. correct. Okay, so she'll be sharing a bit of her journey with us and uh, how she got to where she is today. So I'll hand over the mic to you. So let's meet you, Doc. Okay, hi everybody. My name is Uchenna Obeyisi. Some people call me or know me as Dr. Cleo on Instagram and some other um, social platform. So I'm a physician. I, I've um, practiced um, clinical medicine hands-on for a couple of years now. Um, I had other interests alongside while I was doing that. Interesting research. I also did a little bit of public health advocacy alongside. But currently, I'm in my journey to being a physician scientist. Currently, I work with um, um, an organization in the global medical affairs. Okay, so can you uh, tell us a bit more of what you do? I mean, you said you're on your journey to becoming a, a physician scientist. Is that you're not there yet, or no? I'm I'm actually there, but like I mean, there is no end to you know, to where you can get to, like, there, there's always growth, there's room for yeah. growth, right? So, like, I, I like to say myself, I always tell myself, like, this is just a stepping stone to where I'm headed, because, you know, where I work, I mean, there is, the reason, part of the reason I chose this um, path or journey, it's because yeah. it allows me room for more growth, so that's why I put it in that form. Okay. So, so this- Okay. okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let me know. No, because you asked me a question. Um, a bit of what you do, what you basically right, do. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, as a physician, a physician scientist pretty much is an MD or DO who, um, you know, has or acquires new knowledge for healthcare or diseases through research, basically. Okay. 
So for me, um, I, like I said earlier, I work with a, glo a global organization, fantastic one at that. Okay. <laughs> so um, as a global medical affairs scientist. So pretty much from in a nutshell, what we do is from, first of all, we identify and then we'll fulfill our med medical needs by generating scientific okay. evidence and alongside also delivering um, scientific value to key stakeholders, uh, patients like the consumers and um, HCPs and all of that good stuff. Um, whether it be from developing new therapies to supporting the existing ones to you know partnering with expatriates to communicate our clinical um, scientific um, expertise and um, you know, just making that input in the medical community and also um, um, to the patients as well. Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's what we do pretty much. Interesting. So basically like research, 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 and more research. Yeah. So like I said, it's more like you identify where there is a gap, right? Like for instance, I'll give a scenario. Um, let's say um, treatment of an elderly patient like okay. managing pain in an elderly patient. So most times there are um, there could be there there could be a limitation in terms of maybe um, therapies to for this particular age group, maybe due to comorbid comorbidities yeah. in those patients, right? So you you want to go into those areas to search how best can I deliver better health for this patient or for this group of people. Um, so you go into research, try as much as possible to get as much scientific evidence you can get. You know, if, if it, even if it means you developing, you know, new therapy, um, just so that you can include this set of people, you, we go all the way to that point. So um, pretty much you can develop. They already, like I said, they already um, pre-existing therapies. For instance, you can decide to use a strong analgesic for an okay. elderly patient, but also remember that some of them might not be, due to their comorbidities, might not be eligible for that, right? So those are things, those are the areas you want to go into, or even just a way to make them feel better for um, like patients that have osteo osteoporosis or osteo osteoarthritis, sorry, yeah. that you want to, you know, better care for them and you want okay. something, you know, better for them that can, you know, alleviate their, um, their pains. You know, because maybe if the regular um, therapy is not working, you want to, you know, go into that area, do more research and how best you can, you know, deliver or better health to these patients or to or these people. So yeah. that's the part, um, which is the innovative part where we, from the research, we, um, from finding the needs, identifying the need to fulfilling them, then they, you go into developing your therapies and you know, doing all that you have to do to, you know, deliver better health for your patients who are in turn your consumers, pretty much. So looking looking at your role now, I mean, mm -hmm. are you usually on the field? You know, like I mean, because uh, if you're doing uh, this type of research, probably you might need to be on the field, or do you manage a team, or how does it work? So. So you do. I, I'm not always on the field. Okay. So pretty much we can use uh, already existing data. Okay. Right. 
So we don't have to reinvent the wheel if it's already existing, right? So right. most times we can communicate, uh, we can develop our own research, we can do real-world evidence, right? right? Right there on the spot. Yeah. You know, with other functional aspects. So remember, it's an organization of different teams, medical um, affairs, expatriates, which we, where I am. You have yeah. um, your regulatory um, functional aspects, you have your clinical development, you have your um, other team members, right? So it's like a team work, team effort. So first of all, we identify, okay, what and what do we have? Are there enough um, science? Are there enough data? Data, right? Yeah, exactly. So if they're not there, we can start by, okay, how do we, how do we get all the data to be able to support, you know, providing the need for this consumer or patients, whichever way you want to call it. Yeah. So that's, so is it that we use the existing world? We can develop one if need be. So um, to answer your question, no, I'm not always on the field. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, so looking at your background now, I know mm -hmm. you're a doctor. So how did you get into this space now? Okay. So um, basically for my role, you have to be an MD or um so because my team is about team of 12 people right all of us okay. are medical doctors and ah. then maybe a couple from um phd holders to okay. plus phd phd holders and as well tons of ex experiencing healthcare organization okay. so to answer your question like i said before as a physician i knew that hands-on clinical practice was just not enough for me. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more. So I, I, and like I said, back home while I was doing hands-on um, clinical practice, I was um, also doing research, mostly in respiratory and oncology and, okay. you know, public health here and there. So for me, um, I, your question was regarding. How did you get here? Yeah. So, so, so first of all, I, I decided um, on the path that I wanted to go, which was what I'm doing currently. First, it, it, early on, it wasn't easy. It was a bit of struggle because everybody would be like, oh, why didn't you take the regular path? You know, do the regular thing. Take, But I always tell people your journey is peculiar to you. So my path, my journey is peculiar to me. And because of some, you know, the area that I had interest in and the area I had so much passion, I decided to, you know, follow this route. Yeah. So I started my journey in in becoming a physician scientist 2018, pretty much um, after when, after I relocated here to the U.S. So I um, first of all started by doing my research. Remember, have in mind that I already identified this is where I have so much interest and this is where mm. I have so much passion. So I had to start doing a whole lot of homework to get all the information, all the resources that I needed to be very sure of, you know, if this was really it. So at the point where I gathered all the information from researching, I did my personal research, reached out, which was pretty much networking. So I reached okay. out to a whole lot of people that were on similar path. And, um, you know, I was able to get a lot of idea. So in this journey, I would say mentorship was very important for me connecting with people, you know, and, you know, looking, hearing their story and their journey. So initially it was a lot of struggle. When, but when I eventually came to this decision, I started, I had to do my work, 
my homework, which was pretty much tons of research, getting myself up to date and um, acquiring all the certifications that I needed. So first of all, as I was working as a clinical research associate and coordinator, I was as, uh, alongside, you know, getting my certifications, both from Hopkins in um, um, epidemiology and um, from Harvard in the areas I was interested in. I also um, got a certification in clinical research alongside. And also, um, you know, did a, a whole lot of, um, I got a whole lot of mentorship as well. So th those were the things that helped me, you know, um, after I felt I had gathered enough, you know, ex not ex experience and also the skill set that I needed as well. Because, yeah. I mean, you have to be someone that is very detailed, very um, detail oriented and, um, you know, um, organized, structured and all of those good stuff. So I started putting out my application and I was able to and, um, land this role in, I believe, 2019. That's where I started okay. my journey. And um, since then, it's been an amazing and interesting journey. So you've been going up and up and up. Yes, yes. So it's been growth. And, you know, what I tell for me, I just wanted to, I, first of all, it was challenging. It's still challenging because for you to grow, you know, to get to the peak of your career, I mean, it's not, you, you have, it, it takes a whole lot of work, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, currently I, I've been putting in a whole, all that it takes and all that it requires. So pretty much doing your homework. Interesting. And, so talking about the, because you mentioned a couple of certifications, I mean, are there any key certifications that anybody who is probably thinking of coming into this space needs to be aware of or needs to do? Okay. So, um, thank you for that question. You know, like, honestly, there's a lot of people that have reached out to me mostly on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn was the platform that I used. That's okay. yes. It's so a lot of people have reached out, you know, asking, how did you get into this role? How did you arrive here? What did you do? So now, it, you know, there is no hard and fast rule about it. The journey is different for different people. I'm sure if you talk to another physician scientist, his or her journey is definitely different, different right? Yeah. So they probably started from, you know, getting their master's and their PhD and all of that, right? But you definitely have to be an MD, licensed MD. one. So, um, I, I don't think so. It depends because it depends on the area you want to focus, right? Ah, okay. So, so if you, we have safety physician, we have um, pharmacovigilance, medical writer, medical, um, excuse me, medical reviewers, and the whole lot, really. Yeah. So, so it's a whole lot. So, for me, I think the first thing is identifying what are the areas you are interested in, which are the areas, and. What are the things you have passion for? Where do you see yourself? There are questions you need to ask yourself first. Yeah. First of all, you need to discover what is the purpose. For me, it has always been, even when I went to medical school, it has always been, I've always had a passion to help people feel better, have their best life, right? So that has always been the thing for me. From childhood growing up, I knew I was going to be a doctor. And, you know, I, it wasn't an easy journey. You know, you can relate yeah. to that. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it starts by identifying your purpose, what you really want, right? So if you decide, okay, 
I think I want to, I'm going to have a better fulfillment being um, a, a, a physician um, scientist or being a safety um, physician. Safety physician is towards, you know, pharmacovigilance, you know, safety of drug adverse drug effects and all of that. So you have to identify, if you don't want to do hands-on clinical practice, what are the other things that you have interest for? What are the other things you're passionate about that you know you can deliver the most, right? So mm -hmm. if you identify that and then you can now streamline your, your research, your homework to that direction. So, I mean, except if the person wants to be in medical affairs, then yeah. I can give all the, you know, but the, like I said, the basic things you need, it's be a licensed MD, you can get, if you're interested in drug development, you can decide to get an MS in drug development or, okay. or you can go further to get um, a PhD if you want. But okay. for me, my journey, it was more of certifications, networking with people, getting all the information. I mean, you know, there are vast tools you can use, resources. Some of them, you don't even have to pay for them, right? Mm -hmm. So. You can you can do that and but the most important thing is identifying what area you want to you know grow or what, what area you see yourself uh, you know doing the most yeah I, I think i quite agree with you because i was almost speaking to somebody last week so i think she's a medical writer so all she does is the whole technical you know right. writing about research breaking it down to layman language and mm -hmm. all of that. so i mean she was I think she mentioned a couple of courses she was taking. So it was a bit different from maybe some of the regular things I know. So she echoed this same thing you're saying. I mean, it differs from, I mean, clinical research or mm -hmm. is, is vast. Right. So you just have to, you know, pick an area to. You want to concentrate. And exactly. for me, I will tell people, don't just do, you know, let your journey be peculiar to you. Don't to you. just take this part or choose it because other people are choosing it. No, choose <laughs> it because that's where you have passion. That's where your interest has been. Because I believe if you have your um, your interest there, if you have your passion, then you're going to give it your best. And you see yourself, you know, getting to the peak of your career. So I think, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I think we even have a question here. Mohammed is saying hello. Hi. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> I don't know him. Okay. From where, Madonna? No, I, on LinkedIn, from LinkedIn. So he said, oh. hello, Dr. Cleo. Well, so you might probably know you. <laughs> well, then there's a question here. He says, this is someone else, says, does one require a U.S. medical license to get started? Which I, I think you've answered yes. Um, then... Okay, I will come back to that question. All and right. Then he says, I have a master's degree and I have mm -hmm. worked on early and late phase clinical trials as a research clinician. Mm -hmm. What options do I have? Okay, so let me answer the first question. The first question, which was about um, license. You require a medical US, license to U.S. medical license. Um, so it depends on the organization and also the, the role you're going for. So different organizations have different healthcare organizations, I mean, have different requirements, right? Mm -hmm. So some of them you don't necessarily have. Maybe if, you, if you're licensed from your home country, that's enough. But some of them also, you need to be licensed here, licensed here in the, the US. US. Okay. Like, for example, if you're going for a safety physician role, most of them will ask you for 
a, a, me a U.S. medical license. Okay. Why some of them won't? Like I've, you know, gone through those, some of those yeah, requirements, some, you know, and it's, it, it differs. So if I would say, because that was the same thing I did. I did my, um, my examinations and all of that. So I would say it's good to have it if you can. However, if you, if you really know that, oh, you don't want to, and then the area you're interested in, does not require that then you don't have to right yeah you just go for you know what you really want and then the, the second question you asked was about what was that again it said uh, i have a master's degree and i've worked on early and late phase clinical trials as a research clinicians what options do i have so you do have um tons of options the question you should ask yourself what areas how do i narrow my career where do i want to focus like I said, if you in most healthcare organization, I don't want to call names. So it, yeah. there are so many. Um, you can become an MSL, which is directly working with the physicians, which you're also a physician, so you will you relate more with them. Most MSL position, which is a medical science liaison, yeah. you're working with other expert trades. So you need to be an MD because you speak the language of um, a doctor and all of that. So there are so many tons of things you can do. Medical affairs requires you also to be an MD. And but I've explained to you, my role is mostly, you know, identifying those unmet needs and, needs, you know, through yeah. providing, generating scientific evidence, you know, providing scientific, um, delivering the scientific uh, value for our key stakeholders, the patient, consumers and all of that. So if medical affairs is an area you're interested in, then you can you can also, you know, pursue that path. So what you need to do is go do your homework, which is do your research. I mean, do your research and you know ask look for the things the resources that you need some of them you don't necessarily have to have your um masters or whatever why like i said the basic thing is um, being licensed M md whether you're MD, home country yeah. or here in the us or whatever then you know try to having um having an experience so i would advise first of all decipher what area you want to go. There's regulatory affair, which is more dealing with the FDAs and, you know, registration and all of that good stuff. So, okay. so if you, it depends, research or put in the, if you're not very sure of the area you're interested in, you can just, you know, put in your Google or wherever, you can say um, roles that an MD can do. I mean, if you don't want to, the non-clinical um, um, practice. Oh, if yeah. One, yeah. If you put it in, you see tons of them, and then you can read in on each and every one of them to see, because sometimes initially it might be confusing to you to narrow down um, what it is that you want or that you're interested in. And also mm -hmm. bear in mind that some some organizations have different names for the, this different thing. Like my role as a medical affairs scientist, some organization might have it as MSL, which is medical science liaison. Mm -hmm. Pretty much is the same thing. The only difference is that as medical affairs, we go as far aside from consumers and um, which are the patient. Now we go as far mm -hmm. as the commercial, right? So it all depends. So first of all, find the area. I would advise once you're able to get that, find the area you want to focus on. The next thing you should do is try to network, try to get in touch with people that have similar, you know, um, role. I would I would advise using um, LinkedIn is a is a great tool is a great platform. Use, yeah. Yes, you see a whole lot of people. Some people are very much open to mentorship. You can mm -hmm. reach out to them. 
you know, listen to their journey and, you know, you can interact with them. And sometimes you can never tell. They can recommend you. I mean, if, if you have worked with them before and, if, you know, if you, ha you have all the good stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah, MB, I, I, I yeah. hope that's clear enough for you as to your options and what you have to do. Uh, Kema is here. I think he's made a couple Hi, of points. <laughs> so he said I, uh, I can't forget that name <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he said the uh, clinical fast track provides um training and certifications for CRAs and CRCs okay CRAs are clinical research associates, associates. and mm -hmm. CRCs clinical research coordinators mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and you can also get those from universities too I mean if you want the name like Hopkins and you know all those good Harvard yeah. and all of that yeah so and he, he goes a step further. I said most studies require CRCs, which IMGs usually take advantage of because it allows you to work close to the physicians. And uh, IMGs in the USA are better off as CRCs. And just like you said, networking as well as getting certified will be very, very helpful. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Kema is like, I'm going to bring you on the show one of these days. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fine. So in terms of work-life balance, what does it look like? Because uh, I mean, a lot of persons who are looking to transition out of clinical medicine proper, mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons is like work-life balance, issues around burnout and all of that. So what does it look like on your own side? right so for me i would say the same because i mean like aside the fact that i had other interests for me if you know me very well family is very very important to me i wanted just to be not just to be um a mom i wanted to be a present mom if you mom. know what that means and also a present wife too so <laughs> and also be <laughs> and also be a career woman all of that in one person oh my goodness <laughs> to be honest it's not it's not easy but i will tell you i'm not sure that i would have been able to get as much work-life balance that i have with my current role okay like, yes so it's um most of the time i work from home i'm able to be present for my kids i, I do have two lovely twins so i'm able to be there for them and you know to support them and all of that so i would say if, if I were doing like hands-on clinical practice, it would have been a lot more struggle for me because, you know, the timing, not being present and all of that, except maybe you can, you know, be a digital, um, which mo in most cases is rare. So, um, yeah, I would say that my work-life balance has been great. It's not 100%, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know. But I'm very grateful where I am because... I'm able to deliver as a mom and also as a career woman. Woman. And doing the yes. So, and my role has, you know, allowed me that opportunity to, you know, be both and be good at it, if I may say. <laughs> that means uh, more people are going to come into this um, physician scientist area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, the thing is, um, a lot of people lack the information that they need. If yeah. I, because why I even even though with my tight schedule, I still chose to come on here to, you know, talk a little bit of, you know, other options and other paths. Yeah. To be honest, I couldn't have been any happier, doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very grateful that I have 
this role and you know the the, the growth that it allows me and as well as that work-life balance for me i'm i'm very grateful for that's nice so in terms of pay though i'm not asking you to quote figures now is it lucrative <laughs> does it pay well mm. so i would say you can you can google it and research you can research it yourself and see it's 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 great it's great i wouldn't lie it is great it it pays really well it is great however what i always tell people it's it's not sometimes you just don't choose a career because of the money part right yeah i mean as much as we all you know we no, it's important for family <laughs> for me the main thing the first and foremost thing was you know being having that fulfillment as a career woman right mm -hmm. and also being able to give my best to uh, the patients the consumers mm -hmm. so that for me was first thing then in terms of the the pain now yeah that's luckily I, I, yeah with this role <laughs> i was able to get everything that i wanted so it's an amazing um it has a very very good and the good thing is that you can go as much as you bring a whole lot of experience a whole lot of good stuff to the table because okay. if you're asking for uh, sometimes i say there's no limit to what you can earn you as can go as far as yeah you can go as far as you know those high figures Some but you need to be able to justify way. why you're asking exactly. for those numbers so, well you need to you know you know be 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 very um prepared for that you need to have the substance you know to be able to <laughs> put that on the table so that's interesting well i think that's fair enough i mean it's equal to the amount of energy you put in every day right yeah exactly <laughs> so for for those who are thinking of coming into yeah okay Kemal just mentioned something he said not just the pay the jobs are gratifying good mm -hmm. healthcare coverage travel around mm -hmm. and working with uh top-notch uh, pis that's principal investigators right this builds your personal skill in research and the sky remains your limits mm. now i'm being tempted to shift but i'm not <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, because I mean, I don't even want to talk about all the perks. I'm, I'm tempted to, but like, it's interesting. I mean, most times if you have to travel, you travel in business class and all of that. Uh -uh, but, are you serious? <laughs> but, but, but that's by the way, like I said, I mean, those are not like the main thing. The main stops, right? Yes. The most important thing is that that you qualify yourself for the role you're looking for. If, if okay, Google, what does a medical director end? So you know. What do you bring to the table? What qualifies you for that role? You need to be equal to the task, right? So mm -hmm. there is no limit to what you can earn. The most important thing is developing yourself, your skill set, and you know, giving it. And and it, it just speaks for itself. You you're not you're not, financially you're not going to have an issue. Trust me. Right. Yeah. That's very, that's very reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> any any word of advice for anybody trying to come into this area? um okay so first sorry first i would say um um i've said this a lot i'm gonna say it again your journey is peculiar to you it's your journey so make it yours own it what do i mean by that what i mean by that is pretty much understanding your purpose it's because you know i see a whole lot of people doing this because people are doing that yeah and for me it's never worked for me i don't you know so i would say understand your purpose your journey and 
let it be peculiar to you. So understand that, okay, this is the area where I'm very much passionate about. This is the area where I can give my best. This is the area I see myself growing. I have everything that I need in terms of work-life balance. You have um, the fulfillment, you know, mm-hmm. you have from, you get from a, a career, right? And also it's an area where that you get all the most uh, challenges. For me, I wanted to be challenged every day. So I'm always on my, I have all that adrenaline pumping, right? Pumping. <laughs> so I don't, I never want, one thing I, I never want to be is complacent or be, you know, continue to be in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not that kind of, so I would say, um, find your purpose and, um, you know, start your journey. It's never too late to, you know, start what you, 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 you have interest or you have passion about. And while you're that, don't, um, at, at this time and age, the resources are out there for you at any point in time, you can wake up in, at, at night or in the, in the morning or any time. And just put on your Google, oh, um, medical medical affairs role, and then everything boom comes out for you. So there was just no excuse, right? So mm-hmm. my advice for anybody would be: don't feel, um, don't don't remain in your comfort zone. If you're doing something, challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to that to that. Um, don't don't limit yourself to that um, role or to that um, career that you really really desire. Challenge yourself to it. If it's something that you want to do, go for it. Don't let don't let don't 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 let anybody stop you or anything stop you or you know whatever thing it is. Just identify it, go for it, get all the information that you need. Google, you know, prepare yourself, build your skill set. You have to be organized, and I already mentioned all of that earlier. Mm-hmm. Build your skill set, get all the certifications you need from, you know, good schools or good, you know, places, then you can even go as far as getting your master's, your PhD, whatever you have to do for that. Just do it. Yes. Don't limit yourself because, I mean, I'm someone I like to aim high every minute. You know, I'm here now, but I still want to be higher and, you know, like that, like that. So that should be the thing. And, you know, that keeps that keeps the fire burning in you. That would want to keep you to... Um, want to do more every moment of your life so i would say you know go for it and everything is at your beck and call all the resources you need is there so there is no excuse there's no reason network as much as you can for me linkedin is enough linkedin is a professional platform that there are tons of people if you go to search on linkedin people that are doing similar role or career whatever it is that you need or want or desire it comes up, boom, for you, yeah, thousands of people. Yeah. And you connect with them, you know, you know, be open to mentorship. And there are people that are very good enough to offer that to you. So, uh, you know, with that information, you can never, like, you won't perish. You get to pick <laughs> of exactly, you get to the peak uh, of where you want to get to. Where so my advice yeah. is just pretty much focus on you, build, build, build yourself, and go for it. You're definitely going to have it. All right. Then my last question now, talking about mentorship, are you open to mentoring anybody? I know you're very busy. Your schedule is tight. Can we, can we reach out to you? Um, t- um, okay. <laughs> I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but I'm just, I mean, some people might chat you up after this session. So that's why I'm asking. 
to be okay, well for me it's okay i'm open to it before now before you ask this question i already have people that reach out to me on linkedin most especially i try mm -hmm. as much as possible i'm not always on there but yeah. i try as much as possible to respond to them if i need to i mean we need to talk or whatever you know give them ideas clues information resources whatever it is that they they need and they require okay. so yeah why not i'm very much i mean people did that for me i'm still very much open to that right. so, pay yeah. it forward exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right i i wish we could continue this conversation but um i think uh We'll have to wind down for now. So uh, again, a big thank you for you know squeezing out some time to come on, tell us about yourself and your journey, and how you got here. And if you guys are watching, I hope. I mean, it's been very insightful for me. I've learned a lot too, even though I'm not transitioning to their area. <laughs> I'm sticking to my pathway. But if you're thinking of moving to, you know physician scientist and all of that i mean mm -hmm. i hope it's been inspiring and this episode has been quite interesting and insightful because i've learned new things about how to become a physician scientist work life uh work pattern and all of that and i hope you found it quite insightful as i did Thank you so much for listening and until I come your way next episode, I still remain your host, Dr. Ron. Stay safe, stay good, remain blessed and bye for now.